Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Vern's Hot Stove. Bobby has 30 steals in his rookie season. Every Thursday night starting at 6, taking you all the way up to opening day at the K. Home run, MJ Melendez. Live from Surprise, Arizona, here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. All right. Vern's Hot Stove 2024. Let's get it started. Royals baseball comes your way tomorrow afternoon as Cactus League action gets started once again right here on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. We're here for the next 60 minutes, and we're here every Thursday at 6 o'clock. Text lines open for you, 913-586-7610. Feel free. Shoot your questions. I'll respond before the night's over. 913 586 7610. We have an excellent conversation with Alex Zumwalt coming up, Royals hitting coach and director of hitting performance. You'll hear from Alex Zumwalt coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. We are now less than five weeks away from opening day. Royals and Twins, the defending division champions in the other dugout in game one of 162. In fact, the first six games of the season for the Royals are against defending division champions. Eight of the first 12 series this season are against playoff teams from 2023. There's no doubt about it. The schedule makers didn't do the Royals any favors to start off this campaign, and I can hear Raj at Ozarks, one of our great listeners, He's been sounding the alarm regarding this brutal schedule. He's been sounding the alarm since last September. So I'm not going to sit here, though, and make excuses. We've spent the last, what, three months celebrating the aggressiveness, the moves of this organization. Optimism is as high as it's been since the recently retired Eric Hosmer was donning that royal blue. The optimism is great. The improvement on this team is real. But they still got to line up against these teams. These defending division champion Minnesota Twins and Baltimore Orioles. Teams that saw the postseason just a year ago. The defending champion Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, all of them awaiting the Royals before we reach the month of June. We can talk about how bad this American League Central is all we want, and many of you have for the past few months. We can talk about how putrid this division is, but you have to play other teams. It's not just 
Twins, Tigers, White Sox, Guardians, you know that. If you're going to get to where we all want this team to get, if they're going to perform and make July and August the type of place to be, Kauffman Stadium, if they're going to make that the type of place to be that you and I want it to be, expect it to be, hope it to be in 2024, you're going to have to beat other good teams. Now, that's if you and I are talking playoffs. I, I don't know if, if you're there yet. If you're talking about playoffs, shoot. You know what? Even if you're talking about being in it in June, you got to beat good teams. And you got to beat good teams early. Early April, early May, it is a gauntlet of a schedule. It's not a built-in excuse. The optimism is real. The improvement is undeniable, but you still got to line up and go and do it. More on that in a moment. More on the arduous task that lies ahead for Matt Quatrero and the Royals here in year two of the JJQ regime. More on that in a moment, but first, I had a chance earlier today to talk to the 25-year-old outfielder for your boys in blue, Drew Waters, traded over at the deadline back in 2022. Missed spring training last year because of an oblique injury. In fact, missed the first two months of the season last year because of that injury. Had a chance to talk with him earlier today, and I was curious, as we prepare for his second full season in Royal Blue, I was curious what he wanted out of this offseason and if it ultimately delivered. Yeah, so I actually I changed kind of what I've been doing in off-seasons past. Changed where I was training at. I started training at a place called P3 Sports Science. And the idea behind that was obviously the whole health thing. I haven't had a spring training in three years. And I've made it to today, which is farther than I've made it in three years. So, so far, so good there. And then in terms of the hitting side, I usually would hit up at my high school and think that I had a good plan going into the year. Um, and I started hitting at a place called Maven Baseball Lab in Atlanta. And they made me aware of some of the adjustments I needed to make just in terms of being more consistent as a major league player. So overall, I feel like it was a really good offseason. But now it's more about maintaining what was built in the offseason. So as you're training differently this offseason, what's the focus? Is it being limber, being lean, putting on muscle. What what was the focus and how much of it was opposite of what you did last spring, as you're mentioning, falling victim to an injury pretty quickly? I don't really feel like, you know, weight-wise, I was looking to gain X amount of weight or lose X amount of weight. But a lot of the training was centered around the oblique area. Um, I've had a history of pulling obliques. So, was doing a ton of core stuff, but just the style of training that I was doing um, at P3, it was more, it felt like I was training more so to be an athlete rather than to be a strong body. Last year, end of the season, uh, you had a big game. You came on the post-game show and, and we were kind of just reliving everything that you went through in 2023, the injury uh, and then the ups and downs of the second half, you called it a learning experience, learning that your ability to play at this level is enough, uh, that you don't need to do more. 
Do you still feel that? And how do you balance? I don't need to do more, but I'm trying to make a team right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of going back to the offseason, the place I hit at, I hit with a lot of big league guys. And one thing they said to me, um, and of course the coaches here, they've reiterated it numerous times, but now like I really understand I don't need to do more. I need to just be more consistent. I think a lot of times as a hitter, like you want to get up there and gear up to try to do the most damage you can. But in my case, I'm looking to put just more balls forward um, and the damage will come. So that was like a big focus this off season was getting the path, my bat path where I wanted it to be and then learning to be more consistent with it. How about on the defensive side? I think, you know, kind of similar to the hitting side. Um, a lot of times on defense, you know, the times where I would make an error, fans, they may not see it, but, you know, the guys in the dugout, they would see it. Maybe instead of throwing it to second, I threw it to home. Just continuing to slow down the game, understanding that I don't have to do the most, thinking out the play prior to the play even happening. That way, you know, when the balls hit to you, you're ready to make the play. Royals outfielder Drew Waters joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. When was the last time you felt that? Where, man, I'm just doing what comes naturally out here. It's been a while, honestly. Um, when I, towards the end of, you know, my time with Atlanta, I was in AAA at the time. And I was like, oh, I got to do more. I got to do more, you know, trying to get that shot of playing in the big leagues. And then I got traded to Kansas City. And at that time, I was like, God, I got to show my teammates that, you know, I'm a good player. But now it's it's like, all right, everyone knows I have ability and I have the ability to not only be a good player, but to be a winning player. But how do we make that more consistent? And, you know, I'm usually a guy that is always running at, you know, 100 miles per hour and I don't need to, not saying that the effort's not going to be there. The effort's still going to, and the intent's still going to be 100%, but just learning that, you know, I can dial back the game and like slow the game down, not only on the offensive side, but on the defensive side too. The group that you're with, Vinny and, and Massey, Bobby, MJ, that, that young core of Royals, uh, once again together, because of that early season injury last year, do you completely feel as if you are uh, with that unit, uh, with the ups and downs that you guys as a team went through you know, for the final four months of last season? Was that enough that you feel that bond? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, even last year during all the struggles, like we always were together as a group, whether it was going to dinner or this offseason, we actually went to one of our teammates' weddings. So we all even reconnected there. You know, all throughout the season last year, we were always talking about the game, talking about what needed to happen. So when you have that sort of, you know, camaraderie throughout the year, you start to kind of just build a bond. And I definitely feel like that core group of young guys is really starting to click. I talked with Michael Massey a, a few weeks ago, and he he talked about the weddings this offseason, and those were really his opportunity to get away from the game i would imagine it was the same for you did you have any other chance to not not completely get away but ease your mind after the season again i'm somebody that always is operating at 
a hundred miles per hour. So took a little time off, um, started the off season, but after a few weeks, I realized some of the changes I needed to make to not only be a more competitive player, but to also help the Kansas City Royals win. And so I kind of went right back to work, you know, looking to address those areas that needed to be addressed. And that's exactly what the organization did as well, bringing in a handful of free agents, both on the mound and, of course, in the outfield as well with Garrett Hampson, Hunter Renfro. What do you make of the competition that you now have before you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really look at it as a competition. I just look at it as, you know, our team's getting better. And um, I saw something former teammate posted that diamonds are formed under pressure and there's going to be pressure throughout this camp. There's going to be competition. There's going to be pressure throughout the year, but you know, that's ultimately what's going to make you the player that you want to become. And so I think, you know, bringing in players, bringing in better competition, it's not only going to make us a better team, but it's going to take us the young core and it's going to make us evolve into the players that we want to be. And hopefully that young core at the end of the season, we're calling you guys winners. I'm curious, what do you want the conversation to be surrounding you at the end of this season? What do you want out of 2024? I would like not only like my fan or the fans, but also my teammates and the organization as a whole to say that at the end of the year, that 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 guy's a winning player and he's going to compete every single pitch. Obviously, Everybody looks at numbers, but I believe that if I go out and I just try to be a com- competitive player every single night and play it pitch by pitch, that by the end of the year, not only statistically we'll be happy as a team, but also as individuals. There's no doubt about it. I think you were there for the Lorenzo Kane ceremony uh, yeah. last season at Kaufman. There's going to be another one, I would think, soon for Alex Gordon and then Eric Hosmer. And man, there there was no superstar on that championship team, but everybody in that lineup did their part. And now they'll all end up in the Royals Hall of Fame. I, I, got, I got one final question for you. So I'm going back and I'm listening to our conversation from the end of last season. And you talked about how early on yourself and probably some of your teammates were trying to stay in the big leagues. And then you find out that my stuff plays and then we get comfortable. And that's when we really saw the guys take off. It's a tough question to answer, but how do we skip that first step in 2024 where we're not trying to stay? We just get comfortable and get at it. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, last year, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the guys, but for somebody like me, like I would watch every game at night when I was rehabbing. And when I got there, I was like, man, I need to do my job. And the pressure that I put on myself, honestly wasn't necessarily needed where now like it's going to be a fresh slate we're starting O and O, and you know I think everyone in this locker room is really hungry not only to play in the big leagues which you know hopefully everybody does but to be a winning baseball player and to be a winning team in the big leagues and I really see the focus especially for me going from myself to more of the Kansas City Royals and what the Kansas City Royals need to do to be a winning ball club. What do you see as your role in the dugout to uh, keep everyone going, keep everyone loose, uh, keep everyone smiling? What is your role 
when times are good, times are bad, what role do you got to play in that clubhouse in that dugout? I mean, honestly, whatever's needed. I would, uh, most of my teammates would say I'm a jokester, but I do believe that one of the traits I have that people look at and um, they would agree with is I'm a guy who's always going to work, whether, you know, I'm having a smoking hot month or a terrible month, the work doesn't really change. At times they may overwork, but, you know, when times are good, it's easy to get relaxed and to kind of pull off the gas pedal. But for 162 games at this level, you always have to keep your foot on the gas pedal. Well, Drew, I know there are long days out there in spring training, so I appreciate you carving out some time for us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Drew Waters, Royals outfielder on Vern's hot stove. Five weeks away from opening day, and as he just said, everyone's 0-0. Yes, that's a positive. Yes, there's plenty of reasons for optimism. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that 0-0 record that the Royals currently have. That and a conversation with Royals hitting coach Alex Zumwalt. That's next. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And welcome back. It is Vern's Hot Stove. This and every Thursday night, 6 to 7, right here on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Listening to that conversation with Drew Waters... I hear humility. I hear youth. I also heard some uncertainty, which is understandable. And I think that's reflected throughout that clubhouse. I think that is the 2024 Royals. There's talent, no doubt. There's young talent, humble talent, but talent that is still uncertain of its place in the game. Now, Drew Waters says everyone's 0-0, zero and 0-0, zero. Oh and oh, no doubt. Love that. Everyone loves that. My question is, how does this team handle 0-2 or 1-4? How do they handle that first losing streak? Because, again, the optimism that you have right now is great. Deserve it. The improvements on this team are real. So, to me, the schedule, the early season schedule, isn't an excuse. So if one in four happens, Twins and Orioles, how does this team respond? You heard Drew Waters. He's always going to work hard. Do you then start working too hard where you're hustling backwards? Or do you stick with what you've learned in your short career? And we're talking Bobby, MJ, Massey, Vinny, Freddie, Cole Reagans, 
Brady Singer, go on and on. Do you stick with what you, the, the lessons learned in 2022 and 2023? Now the vets, Renfro, Waka, Lugo, Smith, Stratton should help. But it's going to come down to the young, humble talent on this team. Nobody more talented or maybe even uh, more modest than Bobby Witt Jr. You know, as we talk about this Royals team needing to line up against Minnesota, Houston, Texas, Baltimore. Again, love the optimism, but then you start going position by position. If we're talking postseason, if we're talking competition in 2024, how do you line up against the best? Well, I can tell you this. You can now, for the first time in 25 years, you can match the other team's superstar. You can finally go mano y mano superstar for superstar. Yeah, I, I, I see you have Jose Ramirez or Aaron Judge or Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. We got one too. We got Bobby Witt Jr. What else can you match? That's the question. We'll dive deeper coming up in a matter of moments, but first... As promised, Director of Hitting Performance and Player Development, the hitting coach for your Kansas City Royals, Alex Zumwalt. Had a chance to talk with him a little bit earlier, and I started with Bobby Witt Jr. Because you guys, you all know what Bobby can do as a player. And I think you've heard enough from Bobby to understand the respectful, humble young man that he is. But I was interested in Alex Zumwalt telling you what kind of worker is he? You know he's a great player and a great kid. What kind of employee, what kind of worker is he? It matches everything that you just talked about. He comes in there. He has an, a plan that he's going to execute. He's He never comes in just to swing. Like, he's on a mission when he comes in there. At the same time, you know, he's, he's a fun worker. He likes to be challenged. Um, like, literally today – I was trying to throw the hardest fastball I could. And that's what he wanted. He wanted me to try to blow his doors off is what he said. And we go at it, you know, and when he misses the what's most impressive about him when he goes through his work, he's not a perfectionist outwardly. So you don't see the frustration when things aren't just perfect, which is very special. It's it, I think that's a, it's an attribute of, of it's a big part of who he is, right? Like that's just his ability to understand process and then move right forward to the next one when it's not perfect it's second to none but yeah he's uh you're not gonna go in there and ever see him just kind of goofing around and and not working his tail off with a purpose so that matches like I said it, it matches his makeup it matches what you've heard him say you know but he yeah it's a relentless effort that he has when he gets in the cage and that's a lead by example guy and he'll he'll he'll, he'll be that I would imagine for the next decade and a half in Kansas city. And, and the thing that he does well, it seems is even when things aren't going well, like you're saying, it, it doesn't seem visible maybe to the teammates or to the average fan you know, case in point last April, you look at the numbers and you say, okay, that was an aberration. That was a guy maybe gripping it a little bit too tight. What do you think he learned last year to avoid an early season pitfall of, I got to do it all. There's a lot of things that obviously were learned through that, you know, unfortunate six week stretch, you know, from the beginning of the season till I believe it was May 22nd is the day. I, I won't ever forget this because it was my wife's birthday. 
we had just come off the road and him and I met out for early work. We had a plan of what we were working on that day. And it was kind of some things that we'd, we'd done in the past in the minor leagues that we knew got him going. It wasn't a normal spring training for him. So then that's, that's the reality and coming into the season. Yeah. I mean, there were times he he's, probably not going to ever admit it to anyone, but I mean, watching him and seeing him all these years, you knew that there was a little, there was a little tighter, you know, there was, there were those situations where like, ah, man, he's that's, he doesn't do that. I think again, what he's learned through that is going to be really valuable for the rest of his career. And, and there were conversations we had about it where, you know what, in 10 years, you're going to share with a young player, that's similar in the situation that you are, and you're going to be that mentor to him and you're going to be able to help him through that. Uh, which to me, again, try to turn something that wasn't perfect and great, turn it into something that'll help someone else. And that's Bobby, you know, that's Bobby all the way. So it may be next year. It may not be 10 years. He might be trying to help whoever a young hitter coming up that, Hey man, like it's the same. The game's the same. You, you're still, you're hitting a round object with a round object and it's in flight, man. It's really hard. So embrace that you know I think that's where maybe some of the fans didn't see it right because he didn't show panic he didn't show fear uh which again that was that was the message keep going man keep going this is go you're going to get through this and it's going to be great just keep going and uh yeah that's Bob I mean that's Bob in a, in a nutshell and maybe it's a story like that uh moving forward but I'm wondering you specifically what and I understand you got dozens of individual relationships with individual hitters and everybody's different with a different background, but was there a learning experience on your behalf, watching those young hitters struggle early because they wanted it so bad? Absolutely. I mean, for me, Vern, again, cause I don't have the back of the baseball card, you know, of, of other hitting coaches and, you know, my path is very different and unique and whatever. That doesn't matter. The, the reality is like, I'm learning a lot every single day too, but that's by choice too. I want to continue to learn and I've got to figure these things out. Um, and I'm blessed to have, you know, Keone Duran and, and now Joe Dillon next to me and, and, you know, Miguel Garcia in there helping us every single day. And, and, and I even look back to when I first got to the big leagues with, you know, Mabry helping me like I, I'm a guy like I, I promise you, I'm not sitting here saying I know it all. I never that's the worst thing you could do. I need as much help as possible. Um, you know what I learned last season, I reached out to a close friend who's in the big leagues and he said, hey, man, I got nothing for you. You got seven and eight rookies in the lineup every night. I've never had more than four. And he's coached a long time, you know. And so when I got a veteran coach telling me that he, he doesn't have any help for me, I'm like, OK, well. I just got to keep going too. I got to keep grinding. I, I believe in our process. I believe we've got some things going right, not just with Bobby, but others that have, you know, yes, it has not proven completely yet, but I, I'm playing this the long way. This is not, you know, we're, we got to understand that. Like, this is a really hard game and it's hard for young hitters to just come up here and just explode and be everything they, they hoped they would be, right? But we've just got to be relentless to our process relentless in our conversations with those individual hitters we got 13 guys that think 13 different ways and some guys bring a different thing every single day to the cage and we've got a you know there's a lot of honing in there's a lot of steering a lot of really good conversation that sometimes is hard but again every day is different i, I think that's one thing about this job that i absolutely love i don't know what's going to happen every day at the ballpark um but i have to be consistent and and that's the one thing i, I strive for with the players is you know what you're going to get from me when you get to the ballpark, guys. I'm here. 
I'm whatever you need. We're, we're going to get after it. I'm going to give you honesty. I, I, all I ask is for the honesty back so that I can help them. Seven, eight rookies in the lineup, likely not going to see that again anytime soon. As you're saying that, I have to think, man, moving forward, you're probably going to have a treasure trove of stories, relatable stories moving forward with the next generation of Royals for the next decade plus. Uh, along those lines, I, I'm curious how social media has changed coaching. The negativity isn't hard to find in baseball, period. Then you throw on top of it what this new generation is dealing with. I was wondering if you could speak to that. And you've seen it change over the past decade. No doubt. You know, and I'm I'm not a big, I don't have a big social media presence. You know, um, I, I just, just not, not necessarily my personality. I, I don't want to go read uh, negative things. I, you know, I just, I think what we put into our head, um, I think there's a Bruce Lee quote about be careful about negative thoughts in your head because your brain doesn't know, you know, negative self-talk. It doesn't understand that. I, I just don't I, I don't want to do that. And I know these players are under a lot of pressure. That's, you know, <laughs> as a part of the, you know, what we had talked about last year with the gladiator and the whole that that whole thing. Um, but I wanted them to embrace it, too, you know, because it's not going away. Um, but when you start hearing stories about, you know, the players, what they've shared with me about some of the nasty stuff that happens on social media because people have direct access to these guys. And uh, it's just another layer of pressure is the way I look at it, you know? And I think if you can avoid that, if you can put yourself in an opportunity to not have to, you know, read or hear or whatever it is, like, don't do it. Like, again, you need to be laser focused on what you know every single day. This is what I got to do. And I, uh, the, the one thing I continue to preach to these guys is, this is the opportunity that you wanted when you were a five-year-old boy or an eight-year-old boy. And you started, when you fell in love with the game, and you said, I wanted to be a major leaguer. Don't forget that guys. Every day you walk into that clubhouse to me again, because I'm a 10 year minor leaguer, maybe it's a little different, but every day I walk into that clubhouse, that's what I have to remind myself so that I don't, so that I don't add the pressure and I don't, Hey, we just lost our sixth in the row. And you know, like what, you know, you just can't spin out of control. Yeah. I, I'm curious if you find yourself, you're, you're a net, I think you're a naturally positive guy, but do you, do you find the necessity for positivity on the bench is more so today than what it was a generation ago when you were trying to find your way to the show? Well, I'm definitely not Bobby Knight. Uh, you'll never, you'll never see me. That's not my coaching style. You know, I think because of the mentors that I've had, the people that I would, that I would hold on that, that high pedestal who taught me how to be who I am today. Uh, at the root of all of that is the fact that I know how hard this game is. And because of my experience, I feel like, especially being a hitter that was terrible, you know, and I failed year after year and they said, Hey, you know what? It's not working. You need to put, we're going to put you on the mound. And what I learned as a pitcher, that's shaped me. And that, again, just me knowing how hard this is and hitting especially how hard it, not just the game, the game is hard. That is all there is to it. I think that a big reason why we see so many kids today not play the game is because the failure. It, you, this, is the, this is the hardest game from that standpoint, mentally to deal with failure day in and day out. You can do everything right and fail and, and lose on top of that. So it's a hard one, you know, and, and I, I think I've embraced that um, going into the cage. There's going to be times, honestly, Vern, you would see me and go, yeah, he doesn't look like he's that positive. Um, but I got to find the way, you know, again, to be honest with these guys, direct with these guys. I value their career. 
And, and ultimately, I want to win a World Series. Being a part of that 2015 team from a different spot, I, th- there's not been one day I have ever woken up since 2015 where I did not say, I cannot wait to do that again. This time, I want to enjoy it a little bit more because I was a ball of stress the last time. But yeah, I, I think that's where you got to embrace the hard. That's all there is to it. You got to embrace the hard. Couple more minutes, Alex Zumwalt, Director of Hitting Performance and Player Development for your Kansas City Royals. Kind enough to join us here on 610 Sports Radio. You mentioned a moment ago, reminding the players you're living your dream, the dream you've had since you were a five-year-old. Mike Hell Garcia, I think, certainly fits that billing. What did he prove to himself this offseason? Because really the past 12 months, it, it looks like a young man fulfilling his dream. Uh, knowing him, knowing him over the years, this might sound really bad. I don't think he proved anything to himself. I think that he he's always believed that about himself. We're just seeing it play out now in front of us. From the very first time, I can remember the very first time I saw Michael hit. And I was like, wow, that's different. And, you know, at the time he was working through some things, he was a young, young player. He was so skinny. Um, You know, there were questions about his strength and was he going to be able to hit the ball hard? And what I saw was a beautiful swing. I saw just ability. I saw a young man that knew the strike zone better than a lot of the older players that, that we had, you know, held in high regard. I love the player. I mean, I call it, he's my, I always say me favorito. He's my favorite. And it's, it's our little running joke. There's more behind it. You know, I've I've pulled for Michael, and and I just uh, he's to me I, what we saw in Venezuela is is you know again I played in Venezuela so I know that environment for them it, this it's a big deal you know and I think that some of that fire we saw you know we saw bits and pieces of it he has an ultimate high expectation for himself bottom line every single day and again he's the same guy every single day that he comes to the field and comes to work I, I'd love to see him smile a lot more. Um, cause he, but he, he plays with such that, you know, it's an aggressive mindset, but yeah, I don't, I, I would argue, I don't think he proved anything to, you know, to himself there. I think it's more of just like, see, to see everybody else go, Oh man, that, yeah, look at him. Like that's, he's a special player. A few of the new names, uh, Hunter Renfro, what intrigued you about him when you first started to hear, this is a guy we're zeroing in on. You know, obviously seeing the back of his baseball card and going to his baseball reference page, uh, immediately jumped on our internal website, tried to find, you know, more of the, you know, his batted ball profile, wanted to get to know him a little bit better analytically. Then when I got to talk to him, I was like, man, this is great. I love it. This He's, he's kind of, he sounds like he's a little bit from my back, my, my backyard, but he's actually further south down in Mississippi. Um, some of the intangibles that he brings to our clubhouse to our hitters, especially he's been on some successful teams and he's had some success. So there's going to be some really good conversations where he's sprinkling some of that knowledge that again, like that's why you have veteran players. That's a big part of it. You know, and I think back to, you know, what, what was a big turning point in our 14 team was Raul Abanez and how, what he, and some of the intangibles that he brought Hunter obviously is not Raul Hunter's still in a good spot in his career and talking through what he went through last year, on the field and mechanically, like, I think we're, we're in a really good spot with him coming in, you know, now we just got to hit the ground running and again, make some adjustments as we go. Cause that's, what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And even Frazier, you know, and now that I'm learning how those two tie together, uh, you know, Frazier comes in with an absolute pro mindset. He's very even keel, low motor. Um, but what was very intriguing was I, I asked him right away. I said, Hey, who, you know, 
were, were you, did you get close with Rhino last year? And he, and he just kind of gave me this little side smile and he's like, he was one of my best friends. So I thought that was interesting. And, and that's actually opened up a really good door of conversation with him. So these little pieces coming in are actually really, really big pieces for me. We talked about the importance of April. Every month's important, but as it pertains to Michael Massey and MJ Melendez, what a jolt of confidence could do for them right out of the gate. Can you speak to that? The, 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 in the most simple term, Vern, is that we've got to just pick up where we left off from that standpoint. When we left off, you know, there was a, there was, every single day there was a uh, purpose with our work. And we knew that, hey, sometimes it's not going to work out in the game. You know, I know MJ hit some balls really hard early in the year, especially that didn't didn't fall in. Some things got a little bit out of whack. It took us a little bit of time to get him back on track. And then obviously we know what he did. He finished he finished so much better than he started, right? Massey, you could you could argue and say the same thing. Like early in the year when Massey would line out, you know, and, and I I was in that position where I was trying to just keep him going, keep him going. And and knowing Massey as well as I do, like the main thing was we can't just get more noise. We've got to really do stay focused. You're hitting balls hard. You're swinging good pitches. Like those are the things that will be a recipe for success down the road. Again, it's a long play. What we can't do is come in and try to blow things up because I had a couple bad games. You know, I think early in the to start this season, like that's what the lessons that were learned last year, unfortunately, the hard way. But I also would argue that some of those lessons we learn in life the hard way have the most impact on us. Right. So I'm only hoping that that's that they internalize that they both went to work when the offseason started and they knew exactly what they were trying to do, what they were going to accomplish. And both of them are right now in a different place than they were this time last year. Completely different. You know, MJ was getting ready for WBC or actually they'd already started, you know, Massey where we were at with him. These two guys, are they're both on a mission. And, you know, I don't want to say that it's adding pressure because they want to prove people wrong or anything like that. It's like, no, they know that there was success there at the end of the season or the second half of the year. How can I get right out of the gate, not add the pressure, not be worried about what the scoreboard says. Uh, you know, if, I, if my batting average isn't where I want it to necessarily be. Guys, nobody wins a batting title in April. That's my, that's what I constantly tell them. Miguel Cabrera did not win the triple crown in April. He got off to a good start in April in 2013 or 2012, <clears throat> but we know it's a course of 650, 700, whatever it ends up being at bats. So we've just got to be, again, relentless in our pursuit of today what we can control today. Don't worry about, oh, we, we got to face so-and-so on Friday. Today, guys, what are we doing right now? So I think that's the biggest key for all of them, truthfully, not just Massey and Melendez, but I am very excited about you know where they are versus where they were a year ago. Yeah, you talk about the unfortunate circumstances in which they had to learn lessons last year, <laughs> but I've heard Vinny talk about, and I'm sure you, I would think you guys are already seeing this where you know, now, now they're, just like Haas and Moose and those guys did. Now they're kind of giving each other pointers, holding each other accountable. Are you, are you seeing that starting to build Absolutely. as well? Yeah. Uh, we were just in the cage literally the uh, day before yesterday, and I was sitting there, and, and I had Massey on one side of me and Prado on the other side of me, and you know, guys are hitting in one eye, and I just looked at both of them. I said, do you feel the difference in the vibe in here right now? And they both just nodded, and they looked right at me, and like like it's it's – I can't quantify it. I wish I could, but, you know, and, and maybe the fans think I'm just being too positive here, but there's a different feel in that cage right now. And it's like, again, I don't want to say it's a redemption or a prove you wrong or anything else. There's a little edge. I'll say that there is a little edge 
of like, again, I think the message was said multiple times at the rally by different people. There's a feeling right now of, hey, last year, yeah, we learned a whole lot of hard lessons, you know, and we've got that we've got a, a clear mission in front of us that we're focusing on winning at seven o'clock. We're going to we are going to compete our tails off at seven o'clock to win that baseball game. And it doesn't matter who's on the mound. We have to have that type of mindset um, versus a, there were times last year. This is just the truth. But it's like, oh, we're facing DeGrom again. Oh, we got to face Otani. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Guys, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And if we want to play till November. OK, that's the truth here. I'm, and I told the guys that as my this is my piece. I'm done hearing about, well, I got to do this for 162. If we play 162 games, we failed. We're not playing the 162 game stretch right now. I want us to have the mindset that we are playing as many games past 162 as possible. And at the end, we're playing for a World Series. That's what this is all about. That's why we started playing this game. Royals hitting coach Alex Umwalt, director of hitting performance. Man, do I love that. If If, if you were there, on that post-game show in early April, the earliest in my life I've, I've ever screamed about a baseball team. It was six or seven games into the 2023 season, and I had a meltdown on air because we kept on genuflecting in front of the other team's starting pitcher. I don't care who he is. Go beat him. I love that attitude. I want to dive into that, though. Aces. We talk about Bobby Witt Jr. You can now match these other teams star for star. Where else can you match the best teams in the American League? That's next. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Back with you. Vern's Hot Stove on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Josh Vernier, 610's Royals insider. Okay, so you can match the Baltimore Orioles, the Minnesota Twins. You can match them star for star. You have Adley. You have Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa. We have Bobby Witt Jr. So you can match superstar for superstar. What about ace for ace? You're going to see Corbin Burns and Pablo Lopez in the first week of the season. That's why Cole Reagans, to me, is my ex factor for the season. I always give you the X, Y, and Z. If these three players can meet or exceed expectations, the Royals can vie for postseason contention. To me, Cole Reagans is number one on that list. Not that he must be that guy, but nobody changed the course of last season more than him. And he can do it again. If he becomes the guy to stare down the other team's ace, allowing Michael Walker to slot down to a number two, can Cole Reagans do it again? So I'm not going to say you can match ace for ace, but what can you match when you're going up against these formidable opponents in the first two months of the season? Okay, you got Bobby. What about team speed? If Dyron Blanco makes the opening day roster, possibly you can go mano y mano, speed on speed. Defense, Kyle Isbell in center. You're going to be improved in right with Hunter Renfro. What kind of improvement do we see from MJ? I'm not there yet. I don't know if defense, if you can match the opposition with your defense. How about the pitching staff as a whole? And you add Seth Lugo, Brady Singer's now your three or four. The bullpen, 
revamped in a big way. I hope that's what it is. I hope it's pitching depth or bullpen a la 13, 14, 50 when you could bully the opposition with your bullpen. I hope that's the case, but I can't say it right now. Right now, it's Bobby and then a lot of question marks. What about the versatility? Can you match these upper echelon teams, their versatility with yours? The depth of your lineup, I don't think you can go there yet. I mean, the lineup's improved with the aforementioned Hunter Renfro, of course, and Adam Frazier. Maybe he gets some starts early on if Michael Massey's gripping it a little tight. But again, look at who you're lining up against. For as much as we say the offense is improved, and it is, now compare it to Baltimore's offense. Compare it to Minnesota's offense. Compare it to the rest of the American League West top teams. So you need something. You need something that when you're looking at the starting lineup, For that day's game against Minnesota, Texas, Houston, those early games in April and May, what gives you confidence that, okay, you have that, but we can match that? To me, it comes down to the X, Y, and Z. We know you have Bobby. Cole Reagans could allow you to match the opposition ace for ace. Brady Singer's my why. Because if Brady Singer can meet or exceed expectations, you might be able to match other teams' Rotations, the stability of your rotation, Lugo, Reagans, Waka, and Singer. That's, to me, very 2013. The reason why that 2013 Royals team was able to finish the campaign with a winning record is because of the stability of that rotation. And then my Z, Reagans, Singer, and MJ Melendez. Because the only other option in my mind of matching other top quality teams in the American League is by depth in the lineup. Bobby, Vinny, Salvi, and Renfro to me are musts. Those four need to be consistent bats for this team. You have confidence in Michael Garcia. And if MJ Melendez can give you six threats in the lineup, can give you an offense that is six deep, Now, I will stand toe-to-toe with Baltimore, with the Minnesota Twins, with Houston, Texas, and the rest of the reigning division champions and 2023 playoff teams this squad's going to see right out of the gate. Reagans, Singer, and Melendez, if they meet or exceed expectations, this is going to be the most eventful August and September in Kansas City since 2016-2017. Thanks to Julio Sanchez for the help. I appreciate you listening. Dusty Likens at After Hours. Coming your way next. I'll talk to you Thursday at 6 on Vern's Hot Stove. Take care. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Burns Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.